0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Farah Siddiqui. We're going into week 14. It's Tuesday. It's fantasy playoff time. This day is a very emotional day for a lot of fantasy owners. It's either you're crying, you didn't make the playoffs because of something that happened last night. You needed a monster game from A.J. Green and they called that touchdown back. Whatever the case may be. Um, So if you didn't make the playoffs, hey, we've all been there. It's okay. Um, I think the best thing that you could do is continue watching football, continue, you know, keeping up with all the news, you know, who the relevant players are, because a lot can change between now and week 16, even week 17, uh, you know, with players that are emerging. Uh, I remember last year, you know, Adam Thielen came on late. You know, I think it was week 16, week 17 when, you know, he was killing it. Uh, He had a huge game against the Packers, and, you know, Honestly, for me, that's what I was looking at when I drafted him in the, you know, 10th, 11th round this year, uh, you know, because I knew he had some potential as a good player, um, you know, so things like that. Those are the type of things that you want to kind of pay attention to so that when you start next season, your point of reference isn't just until, you know, week 13, for example. Uh, so anyway... If you made the playoffs, congratulations. Uh, you know, it's an awesome feeling. You worked, you know, for 13 weeks to try to make, make this happen. Uh, so, so congratulations on that. Um, so if you made the playoffs, let's keep it going. Um, I have your week 14 waiver wire pickups. I got some uh, QB streaming options and defensive streaming options uh, for the entirety of the playoff schedule from weeks 14 to week 16. If you play Week Seventeen, you're kind of asked out here. Um, I strongly suggest you, you know, recommend to your league for next year to change that to Week Sixteen, just because Week Seventeen. I mean, a lot of teams, you know, bench their star players and bench, you know, bench their o- whole offenses, things like that. So it's not a recommended time to have your championship. I mean, you work this hard, and then all of a sudden your best player isn't playing um, Week Seventeen. Uh, so I would strongly suggest uh, changing that to Week Sixteen. But anyway. I'm gonna start out with the must-add running backs. <clears throat> Excuse me, Mike Davis is the first guy I want to talk about. So you had Eddie Lacy, Thomas Rawls, J.D. McKissick, Mike Davis, all active uh, on Sunday Night Football, uh, and Davis was the only running back to play more than nine snaps. He had uh, 16 carries for 64 yards, which is pretty respectable against this Eagles defense. Um, And he caught all four of his targets for 37 yards. Uh, In the second half, Davis actually started to play on every down, including in passing situations on third down over McKissick. So, you know, his usage in the passing game, in addition to his early down usage, is very encouraging going forward. Um, He looked good all game, and it seems like the Seahawks, you know, found their Chris Carson replacement for now. Uh, so, you know, J.D. McKissick, he had only two touches on nine snaps. He did have that touchdown, um, you know, but they particularly took advantage of a mismatch on a linebacker. And, you know, we can't expect that efficiency going forward. We saw him, you know, do something similar, you know, several weeks back, but it didn't amount to anything after that. So uh, I think, you know, Mike Davis, he becomes a must-add this week if you're in need of a running back, even if you're not, you know, to block other, other teams, you know, of getting a potential three-down back uh, for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, but so if we look at the matchups, uh, next week's matchup is a little tough, um, but you know, if he's using the passing game, he should be able to salvage some production against the Jaguars. In weeks fifteen and sixteen, um, the Seahawks go up against the Rams and the Cowboys, two defenses that aren't that great against the run. Um Now, as far as Chris Carson goes, Pete Carroll mentioned his comeback. But there are multiple sources, including ProFootballDoc on Twitter, you know, real name Dr. David Chow, um, who have a hard time believing that Carson can make it back during the regular season after his particular injury. So Mike Davis is the guy I'm looking for this week on waivers for sure. Uh, Peyton Barber is another guy I want to talk about. Whenever you have a young running back, and this is important, um, whenever you have a young running back getting an opportunity in place of a veteran who is struggling, There is definitely a chance uh, for a changing of the guard if the opportunity is taken advantage of. And that's definitely what happened uh, in Peyton Barber's case as far as him taking advantage of his opportunity. He had a similar workload that Doug Martin has been getting, but he actually did something with it. He ran for 102 yards on 23 carries. He caught all four of his targets for 41 yards. Um, and you know, this was a good matchup, but Doug Martin has had some good matchups too, and he couldn't get it done. So with Jameis Winston back, uh, you know, there's a real threat to stretch the field. So the Bucks might not need to worry about too many stacked boxes going forward. And with all that said, there is a real chance that Doug Martin comes back and assumes his role or that this becomes a timeshare. In other words, I think Barber is a pure upside pickup with the possibility of him taking martin's job so you know if you need a sure thing at running back for the next couple of weeks mike davis is the guy to pick up but Barber has the higher upside of the two um you know and his floor is obviously going back uh to backup duties okay so uh Gio bernard is another guy you know if you watch the game last night joe mixon went down with a concussion uh geo bernard came in he actually played on every subsequent snap Uh, after that point so Brian Hill who was the only other active running back he didn't see the field at all not even once Um, so on a short week Joe Mixon he might have a tough time to make his way out of that concussion protocol so Bernard becomes a must pick up and he becomes a must start in week 14 um, if Mixon misses Bernard he played very well and played some Mixon last night he ripped off some chunks on early downs and that combined with his expertise of catching the football makes him a very safe play next week And, uh, you know, if you play DFS, he's only $3,100 on draftings this week. Um, You know, expect him to be the chalk, but he's going to be a must play there as well. Um, if you own Mixon and didn't own Bernard, take this as a lesson to handcuff your running backs when it gets closer to playoff time. Um, you know, and this is a lesson to use that burner bench spot, too. Um, and I've talked about this before, you know, to pick up a handcuff that's available on Sunday and Monday nights in case something like this happens. So you don't have to burn fab, you know, or your waiver wire priority in order to pick these guys up. Okay, a couple of more running back ads that aren't necessarily must pickups. Theoretic, in PPR only. Um, I think he's a good add with Amir Abdullah banged up with a neck injury. Uh, You know, no word on whether Amir Abdullah is going to be back, but Riddick did see uh, 14 touches on 40 snaps. Uh, Tion Green, I think that's how you say his name. Is it Tion or Tian? Not sure. Um, But he played on 21 snaps. He got some play on early downs and did well with his opportunity, uh, to be honest. But it was Riddick who saw the biggest boost in opportunity uh, with those 40 snaps. Um, and, you know, as we know, his, his real production comes in the receiving game. Um, he caught all five of his targets for 41 yards. And, you know, keep in mind that Abdullah can come back this week, like I said. So Riddick is more of a prospective add in case Abdullah can't go. Um, not really interested in Riddick in standard leagues unless you're really hurting and need, you know, just, just need some points at the running back position to move forward. Uh, Matt Forte, uh, when he's active... Uh, he's getting a good amount of work in the passing game, in addition to his carries. So, you know, Powell—it was a—it was a kind of a split down the middle between him and Powell. You know, Powell did out snap him thirty-seven to thirty-five. That he out him twenty to eighteen. But Forte continues to outproduce Powell in all-purpose yards. Um, he definitely is the preferred option in the passing game. He caught three for three for thirty-three yards, caught that touchdown, um, and his floor is a little safer than Powell. So, I'm okay using. Uh, Forte has a back end RB two and a mid range RB two a mid range RB two in PPR. Okay, uh, gotta talk about Kerwin Williams with Adrian Peterson out this past week. Williams saw most of the snaps. Uh, you know he saw 26 snaps compared to DJ Foster's 15. He saw a rush on most of his snaps. Uh, he totaled 97 yards on 16 carries. And if Peterson were to miss again, Williams should be in consideration as their early down workhorse. And yes, Tennessee does have a tougher run defense, um, you know, coming up this week. But the Cards, you know, what I'm looking at is kind of game script. Game script, and I think the Cardinals should be able to stay in this game against the Titans. So I don't think Williams will be will be written out because of game script. Um, He's only a speculative speculative ad this week, of course, because we don't know if Peterson's actually going to miss another game with that neck injury. So we have to monitor that throughout the week. Uh, Andre Ellington uh, in PPR, and this is another perspective ad. Um, you know, he had to actually step in as a receiver for the Texans, um, you know, who had a ton of injuries at the position this past week. He played on he ended up playing on 47 of the Texans snaps. Um, and then ended up playing. Uh, as a slot receiver on 77% of those snaps. Bruce Ellington left the game with a hamstring injury. Braxton Miller left the game with a concussion. Wolf Fuller already had it, that rib injury. CJ was Fedora's, C.J. Fedora's got banged up as well. If all these guys are out again next week, Ellington can be viable in deeper PPR leagues. Okay, going to talk about Buck Allen. I thought he was dead for this fantasy football season, but it might be time to pick Allen up again. Just in case Alex Collins misses some time with the migraines he's been dealing with, he would probably be treated as an early down back, you know, with Danny Woodhead playing more snaps in this game, um, this past game. So, you know, no word on whether those migraines are serious for Collins, you know, whether he'll miss a game because of it. But if you're in a deep league, you might not have many choices. Uh, and Tyon Green, Teon Green, however you say it, not sure yet. Uh, he He's a prospective ad. It's tough, you know, for any early down running back to be viable on this Lions offense. Amir Abdullah, you know, might come back into his role. But to be honest, Green looked better in this game than Abdullah has all season. <laughs> you know, it's possible that Green gets some play down the stretch with the Lions trying to find a run game. I doubt it, but he's still an ad. I got to mention his name because if he blows up, then everyone's going to be scrambling to get Tyon on the waiver wire. Tion, Tion, Tyon on the waiver wire. Okay, going to move on to must-add wide receivers. Marquise Goodwin is the only must-add wide receiver this week, in my opinion. Didi Westbrook is kind of close to that, but let me talk about Goodwin first. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he came in, did pretty well in his first start as a 49er. Uh, Didn't throw a touchdown, but I think, you know, uh, this offense was moving pretty well, and I think Garoppolo did a pretty good job. Um, you know with that opportunity so uh, I think Marquise Goodwin was a huge beneficiary of that Um, and you know he was doing his thing with CJ Beathard no doubt but Garoppolo actually kind of brings an element of control to this offense. Um, Goodwin caught all eight of his targets for 99 yards in week 13 and I think he can be someone you rely on down the stretch as a wide receiver three. He showed his skills as a possession receiver but we all know that, you know, his true skill set is flying down the field to make plays, so I think that should come as well. I think, you know, he should have a safe floor going forward with the 49ers likely being in negative game scripts, you know, for the rest of the year. And, you know, he gives you a nice ceiling if he pops a long one for a touchdown. So I think it's important to pick up Marquise Goodwin this week, not only for your own team, but to also block uh, the other teams in your league. Okay, uh, some more wide receiver adds, D.D. Westbrook He he's honestly, he's close to a must add wide receiver, but we've seen some inconsistency in the passing game outside of Marquise Lee for the Jaguars. We can hope that he continues what he's doing as far as D.D. Westbrook goes, you know uh, he caught six balls on nine plus targets the last two games Um, You know, but there are a few factors that can come into play when you look at him going forward He's definitely a talented wide receiver very talented Um, You know, so the hope is that he keeps his role But if Alan Hearns comes back, we don't know if Westbrook's field time will reduce Another factor is the last two matchups one where Marquise Lee was being shadowed by Patrick Peterson And the second one last week against a terrible Colts defense So, you know with all that being said his upcoming matchups are pretty good, you know. And if teams continue to stack the box against the Jaguars, you know more will be put on Blake Bortles' shoulders. Um, I think Westbrook is, you know, should be viable this week against the Seahawks, you know, if Hearns misses another game. So I would definitely pick him up if you're in need of wide receiver help, in the hopes that he keeps his job. Okay, uh, Trent Taylor. Uh, we you know, we talked about Trent Taylor, you know, a few weeks ago. You know, not a few weeks ago, but several weeks ago when Pierre Garcon got hurt. And no one really talked about him after that. But, you know, he is a, a pretty solid wide receiver. And this past week with uh, Jimmy G, he caught all six of his targets for 92 yards. And he could be a viable option, especially in PPR going forward. We also have to pay attention to how these new Q- Q- QBs, when they get under center, you know, how they choose, you know, to use their new weapons. And, you know, Taylor, he can be a solid usable option outside of Goodwin. We did see Carlos Hyde get fewer targets this week. So it's possible that that continues and some of that work goes Taylor's way. Martavis Bryant, Uh, so Juju Smith-Schuster, he's going to be suspended one game, uh, you know, for that dirty knockout hit on Montez Burfecht, Um, (laughs) yes, if you didn't see the game, Burfecht was the one at the other end uh, of the dirty hit this time, Uh, Burfecht, you know, he gave the thumbs up as he got carted out to the locker room, which was a good sign, so, you know, Bryant, you know, he should be looked at this week as an option in week 14 if you're in need of a wide receiver, he caught four of six balls last night on Monday Night Football, um, and you know, without Juju on the field, he could have some extra opportunity. It's a tough matchup against the Ravens, but we've seen some wide receivers have have some success against uh, that secondary lately. So, I think Bryant will definitely be a desperation play in that matchup. But you know, sometimes you don't have any you know have too many options to consider this time of year. Okay, Jermaine Curse. Uh, I like curse and I think, you know, most people would have him a lot higher. I think he's a talented wide receiver, but we've seen this before from curse this year where he would have these good games. Um, and you know, and then kind of disappear. So, you know, honestly, I know that everyone's all over curse after these two games, but I just don't know that he's going to continue with this type of production. I think the Jets were in a real shootout with the Chiefs, so there was some extra need for production at the wide receiver position. And not only that, you know, the Jets went against two very beatable secondaries in Carolina and the Chiefs at home. Um, Jeremy Curley, who was suspended four games, you know, he was getting almost like, you know, three to four targets a game out of the slot. Um, And, you know, he was suspended. So that suspension allowed the targets to be less distributed. So Curse was able to take advantage of that after moving to the slot. You know, Curly isn't eligible to return week 15 so Curse should be viable for volume uh, for another week against Denver uh, Chris Harris has done a good job against slot wire receivers so I'm kind of iffy on Curse this week if you haven't got that by now um, so after Denver the Jets are in New Orleans then at home against the Chargers not really feeling that schedule to be honest and I'm not going to trust Curse in my fantasy playoffs as someone who's been up and down all season you know but, you know, with all that said, if you're in desperate need of a wide receiver, follow the volume. I could be wrong here. Um, it usually leads to production if you follow the volume more often than not. Um, and, you know, it's definitely warranted to pick up a wide receiver who's been getting this type of volume over the last two weeks. So, you know, I think, you know, it kind of stops here for the most part. As far as I'm talking about, you know, those 10 to 11 targets he's getting over the past two weeks, uh, at least for another week, he might get it. But I think when Curly gets back into the fold, I don't know if we can depend on it as much. Um, right, so moving forward, Josh Doxson, uh, he's an uber-talented wide receiver, but the lack of volume is kind of mind-boggling. The Redskins, they just need to give this man the ball, throw it up to him. If you played Doxson the last two weeks, he's bailed you out big time uh, with two late touchdowns in those games. Otherwise, you would have considered dropping Doxson, honestly. you know He had yardage totals of 28 and 26 the past two games um he's touchdown dependent at this point his matchups aren't friendly going forward he has casey hayward this week patrick peterson the week after a Talib and company in championship week and as i'm as i'm like talking about this right now i'm not even sure why i included him <laughs> to be honest like maybe i'm saying don't pick him up uh but you know if you need a body uh you know your wide receiver position he's not the worst option mike wallace is another guy He's kind of become the number one wide receiver in Baltimore over Jeremy Macklin now, who's been a huge disappointment this year. Honestly, Macklin's a more talented guy, but you know, Wallace is the guy who's getting more production. So Joe Flacco, he's been asking the coaching staff to open up the offense a bit, um, and that would favor Wallace, as he's the field stretcher. Um, Flacco has one of the best deep ball arms, even though he's really bad at being an NFL quarterback. So, you know, Wallace has that going for him on top of averaging nine and a half targets over the last two games. You know, he sees Pittsburgh this week, who hasn't been playing, you know, particularly well in the secondary lately. Um, And then he has Cleveland and Indianapolis over the next few weeks. So those are some good matchups. And uh, Wallace, I think he's going to be viable going forward in those matchups as a guy, you know, not that you can depend on him, but he might have a high ceiling and you might be shooting for that upside. Okay. Going to move on to tight end streamers and pickups. Cameron Brate's the first guy I want to talk about. You know, you might need a Gronk replacement, so a bunch of these guys might be viable. But I think Brate is the closest, you know, to the level of production that Gronk can give you. I'm not saying he's Gronk, but his ceiling is Gronk. So, um, you know, he's been invisible while Jameis Winston has been out. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but he made an immediate impact as soon as Jameis is back on the field. Caught two touchdowns this past week. Um, And, you know, when Jameis targets the tight end, his passer rating skyrockets. So we can't deny that, and we can't deny him, uh, you know, his rapport with Braid. So once the Bucks get into the red zone, Braid is the preferred option for Jameis. So I'm starting Braid every week from here on out. Okay, Trey Burton. Zach Ertz, he suffered a concussion in Week 13, so Trey Burton has to be someone you can start in his place if he doesn't go. Uh, in, the, in the Week 9 matchup against Denver that Ertz missed, Burton caught two or four targets for 41 yards and a touchdown. You know, not, not the best game in the world, but he's someone you can plug in this week and hope for some production uh, from a position that Carson Wentz relies on. All right, here's a guy you never heard of, Stephen Anderson. So, with CJ Fedorowicz... Braxton Miller, Bruce Ellington, Will Fuller, all banged up last week. Anderson, who's a tight end, he played a ton of wide receiver in place of those guys. He caught 5 of 12 targets for 79 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he played on 84% of snaps. So, you know, I'm going to expect most of those guys to be out this week. And I think with how with Anderson doing as well as he did, I think they're going to allow Anderson to continue playing that role. Um, so he's a streaming option this week, uh, you know, that might get you some production. Uh, David Njoku, he's a beast. It's just a matter of time, you know, before that guy becomes one of the best tight ends in the league. Uh, he definitely benefited from Josh Gordon being on the field. Um, him and Corey Coleman, they're kind of keeping those extra defenders out of the middle of the field. Uh, and Joku, he caught four of six targets this week for seventy-four yards and a touchdown. With defenses needing to spend extra resources on Josh Gordon expecting Jogu to continue to get get these mismatches and let's just hope that the Browns continue to exploit them okay RSJ Ricky Seals Jones he only played on 23 percent of snaps again so he didn't see a huge uptick uh in in playing time but he still saw five targets caught two of them for 44 yards you know considering he caught three touchdowns in the two weeks prior I think he's still an upside play if you're swinging for the fences okay uh moving from rsj to asj austin and jenkins he definitely took a backseat against the chiefs this past week but this week against denver he could he could come back to life um denver's given up a touchdown to a tight end in three of the last four weeks it's a good matchup and the jets wide receivers who have been killing it lately might not be as viable against a keep to and chris harris um And, you know, we all know that ASJ had a few touchdowns called back this year. And I think our feelings about him would be very different if we if, you know, he had those touchdowns under his belt and in those game logs. So I think he's a good play this week with Josh McCown playing well. And, you know, ASJ probably was dropped uh, because he hasn't quite lived up to the production that he had earlier in the year. Okay, um, I'm going to go through some playoff quarterback streaming options. Going to kind of go quarterback by quarterback and go through the schedules. So I'm going to start off with Case Keenum. Uh, he's in Carolina Week 14, at home against Cincinnati Week 15, and then in Green Bay uh, for the championship week. And, you know, Keenum, he's been playing very well lately. I don't consider him matchup dependent anymore. I would play him in all three of your playoff matchups if necessary. As far as this week goes, Carolina's secondary has been very iffy. And one that you know any of his weapons can take advantage of, just think about all the viable options he has Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, Jerry McKinnon, Latavius Murray. You know, like I would take advantage of that, of how that offense is rolling right now. And I'm gonna expect Keenum to continue doing what he's doing. Um, there's no reason not to, okay. Um, Andy Dalton, week 14 at home against Chicago, week 15 at Minnesota, week 16 at home against Detroit. Um, Dalton is actually, he's quietly thrown for multiple touchdowns and no interceptions in the last four games. He's not going to provide you with that huge ceiling, but if you need someone to kind of plug in, give you 250-2, and two, he can probably do it. That being said, I probably will be okay starting him this week against Chicago at home, but not a fan of him in Minnesota or at home against Detroit, to be honest. Um, the reason why is because, you know, AJ Green is going to be blanketed by Xavier Rhodes and then AJ Green's gonna be blanketed by Darius Slay. So when his top options kind of limited a little bit, I'm not a fan. So I'm gonna stay off of Andy Dalton weeks 15 and week 16, but I'm okay streaming him this week. Um, Jameis Winston, week 14 at home against Detroit, week 15 at home against Atlanta, and week 16, week 16 in Carolina. And you know, Jameis, he's been up and down all season, but he's been, you know, somewhat solid in all the games he finished this year. He has decent matchups during the playoff schedule, so if you want a solid floor, you know, without real ceiling potential, I think Jameis should be a fine streamer throughout the playoffs. Okay, moving on to Josh McCown, week 14, he's in Denver, week 15, in New Orleans, and week 16 uh, versus the Chargers. McCown, he's been playing great, no doubt, you know, but these matchups don't really favor great performances. He'll probably put together solid floors because, you know, he's been, you know, really playing well. He's a gamer. Um, but his floor is closer to the 15-point range than the 20-point range. And, you know, 20-point range is kind of more of what we're looking for, um, you know, at, you know for our quarterback, at least, especially in the playoffs. And Denver's defense isn't the same as what it was, so I'm okay playing him this week. But New Orleans should be healthy. You know, they should keep the Jets in a negative game script in Week 15, which is usually a good thing for a quarterback, But that defense is good. That pass rush is good. I think they can cause some havoc in the backfield. So not really a fan of them there. And I'm not really a fan of McCown during the whole playoff run. The Chargers, tough defense as well. So not a fan. Blake Bortles, week 14 against Seattle, week 15 against Houston, and week 16 in San Francisco. That's a pretty good schedule. Um, I would consider picking up Bortles for your playoff stretch the Seattle matchup isn't as scary as it usually is, but I wouldn't prefer to start Bortles. You know, even though he is startable in that matchup, you know, there might be a couple of other streaming options. I would be very open to holding multiple quarterbacks for the playoffs. What really catches my eye, you know, is his week 15 and week 16 matchups against the Texans and the 49ers. You know, quarterbacks have been finding a ton of success against both of those teams. So with teams stacking the box against Fournette, you know, unlike, you know, more other running backs. Bortles might be forced to take advantage of what the defense will be giving him moving forward. Okay, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Week 14 in Houston, Week 15 at home against Tennessee, Week 16 at home against Jacksonville. Uh, he's looked pretty good in his first start against the Bears last week, and he has two juicy matchups uh, coming up. We have to figure that offenses are going to be able to score points against the 49ers, so you know they will probably give Garoppolo a ton of volume in order to stay in these games. He's a fine streamer this week against Houston, whose secondary has been awful. Tennessee has also been very vulnerable against quarterbacks. So, honestly, feel free to use Jimmy in week 15 as well. Um, I'm just grabbing somebody else, obviously, to play in week 16, not going to play him against Jacksonville. Okay, uh, Deshaun Kaiser. He's at home against Green Bay in week 14. Uh, at home against Baltimore Week 15, and then in Chicago for Week 16. And I'm cool starting Kaiser this week against Green Bay and in Week 16 against Chicago, although it's going to be hard for me to trust Kaiser with the championship on the line, to be honest. You know, he definitely provides a solid rushing floor. He's not afraid to stick his head out to get that rushing touchdown either. Um, But now that he has Josh Gordon, I think Kaiser becomes a viable option going forward, you know, outside of that Baltimore game. But, you know, just keep in mind he's not, like, the quarterback that you want to trust know with your playoff hopes and dreams on the line but you might not have that many options okay a little note on Tyrod Taylor um Sean McDermott said that Tyrod would be the starter when healthy Um, Tyrod he has avoided some serious damage to his knee he's considered day-to-day but his availability is still up in the air and Tyrod would normally be a streaming candidate for me because of his rushing floor but you know how viable is he going to be if that knee gives him issues you know so I do worry about that rushing floor with the injury uh, before picking him back up, we need to get some more updates about the injury. He does have Indy this week. He has Miami next week. Both good matchups. Um, I'm not going to play him against New England You know, in Week 16. That's in New England. Their defense has been playing great, and they just shut down Tyrod in Buffalo this past week, so I'm not really feeling that matchup. Uh, but you know, as far as this week and next week, I am. Although, if he can't rush, uh, he's not that great of a pocket passer uh, You know, for me to start him. Okay, i uh, gonna go over a couple of defensive streaming options for the rest of the playoffs. Um, week 14 is a few of them. You got Green Bay in Cleveland. You got Houston versus San Francisco. Buffalo versus Indianapolis. Cincinnati versus Chicago. The Jets in Denver. Uh, week 15, you got Detroit versus Chicago. You got Tennessee in San Francisco. You got New Orleans against the Jets. I, li- I like that one a lot. Uh, Indianapolis versus Denver. Uh, Week 16, you got Chicago against Cleveland, and you got Washington against Denver. Those are the defenses who are like, you know, almost 50% owned and fewer. That's the same thing that I did with the quarterbacks um, earlier. So that's all I got, guys. Uh, If you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram at UpperHandFantasy. Just hit me, just send me a DM. Um, Good luck this week. You know, I hope you get whoever you want on your waiver wire. Um... I'm going to come out with another podcast on Thursday so that we can go over all the matchups for week 14. Um, and good luck, guys. I really recommend picking up a few quarterbacks, a few defenses for the rest of the schedule. If you have a first-round buy, start preparing for week 15. Don't just take this week off. Um, really prepare uh, for that so you can win that championship. If you have any questions, like I said, hit me up. I'm also on Twitter at Faraz Siddiqui, F-A-R-A-Z-S-I-D-D-I-Q-Y. Also on Twitter at UpperHandFFB. On Instagram, where I'm most active at Upperhand Fantasy. Check out upperhandfantasy.com so you can check out all the articles. Uh, I have all this waiver wire stuff in text as well, so you can check that article out uh, at your leisure. Take it easy, guys. Have a good one.